Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm White Rabbit. And I am Chip Douglas. Welcome to episode 204, Best of the Super Juniors 3. One, two, three. It's the third one. It is. Weird. It's exactly that. It's absolutely the third best of the Super Juniors. Yeah, always excited for, you know... For a J Cup, for a junior tournament, for a G1 as well, but you know, these smaller guys doing more stuff a little bit quicker. So, this was the third annual Best of the Super Juniors produced by New Japan Pro Wrestling. It would take place from May 24th to June 12th, 1996, with the finals coming from the Osaka Prefectural Gymnasium in Osaka, Japan with an attendance of 6,650 people. How are those numbers? Good? Average? Bad? I don't remember. I mean, I think they're slightly down than from the previous years. I think it's pretty good, too, for it's like a final. It's not a show. Is The 6,650 6, people is... The final is just on a different show. Like, you know, the semifinal and the final are not on the same night. Correct. I believe they were not on the same night this year. Yeah, because this uh, the f- uh, first match that I've got is five six, nineteen ninety six, and then this would be June twelfth. So that would make sense. Put have like a week, a week between. So it's probably not even the last match of the show that they're having. If they're having another, the semifinals were the day before. Okay. Let's see here. Was there anything else on the show? It was I'm the sure was. it was the main event, but there was a tag team title match as well on the show. That checks out. To at least boost a little bit of the get a few of the big boys in there to help out with the the crowd. Yeah, but I, I think that's a a solid number I for a, so. yeah for a, you know for a tournament final. Like there's no no belt on the line here. And there's no heavyweight match on the show. That's nothing to shake a stick at. 6,500 the year before in Sapporo, so. Give or take, we're doing And that one actually had a heavyweight title match on oh, it as well. Yeah. So the finals was like the third from the top match. Yeah. So. They're drawn. Them and Osaka like they're super juniors. <laughs> so the tournament would have 14 competitors. Name them off. Dean Malenko. El Samurai, Emilio Charles Jr., who was from CMLL, Franz Schumann, who was from the Germany Federation uh, Catch Wrestling Association. Never heard of it. Jushin Thunderliger, Koji Kanemoto, Mr. JL, Norio Hanage, Shinjiro Otani, Tatsuhito Takawa, 
Tokimitsu Ishizawa, Villain 04 from AAA, and Wild Pegasus. And there would be two blocks of seven competitors each, with the top two guys in each block advancing to a four-man single elimination style semifinal. And then winning that to move on to the final. Nice. But enough about this tournament. I want to hear about what Shane brought us. <laughs> Shane wants to tell you so bad. Uh, yes, I do. Well, I did what I did, or I did what I do, or whatever I want to say. Uh, <laughs> say what you feel. <laughs> I had a plan, much like a, a couple weeks ago, that plan did not come to fruition. Not like a couple weeks ago, it wasn't because I got stuff that didn't taste good or wasn't proportionate enough or anything like that. It was the fact that they decided to cancel my order 45 minutes after I ordered it. So I was left with nothing and had to come up with something on the fly. So thankfully, old Matthew and Michael here jumped in their Google Worlds and started to... uh, We're a good six-man tag. Damn right. (laughs) Started looking around for drink ideas so we could figure out something with the assortment of alcohol that we have on the uh, top of the fridge up there. And we came up with the Tiger... What is this called? Oh, I have no idea. What is it? I'm trying to remember. I, drank, I, drank oh, uh, I have no clue what's in it. Tiger Jack. Yeah, yeah Tiger That's Jack. what it was. And like It wasn't Tiger Rose. Yeah, this is a Tiger Jack to play off of one of the... Our, our Black Tiger yes, and our, our black uh, tiger Japanese Liger. And our Liger, yes. Originally, I wanted to bring an assortment of small bites from a Japanese restaurant that opened up not too far from here just recently, but they either could not complete the order or decided to close early or something. I don't know what the deal is. I it's, just know uh, it was canceled. It's Sunday. That too. Shit. That's how shit goes on a Sunday in the middle of the country. Sunday in Oklahoma. You can't get... Good Asian food after 9 o'clock. <laughs> Can't get any food after 9 o'clock. <laughs> but this here is a little bit of uh, It called for... What the hell kind of whiskey did it call for? This Jack is, Daniels. Jack Daniels, that's what it was. Yeah, it called for Jack Daniels because it's got Jack in the name. Jack we didn't have Jack. We had Jim Beam, so I used two ounces of Jim Beam. I put an ounce of triple sec... It called for orange juice, but we have no orange juice, so it got pineapple, pineapple juice. And then... So we made it our own. Yes. A bit. This, is, this a, is the best of the top of the fridge three. We're just going to call this... We're going to call this the Tiger Liger. The Tiger Liger. <laughs> yeah, it's got grenadine in it. Pretty much you put grenadine in the glass, you put everything else in a uh, mixing tin, shake the shit out of it with some ice, Pour it into the glass on top of the grenadine. It says the glass should be cooled and chilled and everything beforehand, but we didn't have the time for that. So yeah, I mean, whatever we just this threw is, some ice cubes in there. It's a nice color. Yeah, it's frothy. It's got a good color. The pineapple juice always froths up nicely. But the it whiskey like taste. It, should be, it looks like it should almost be grapefruit instead of pineapple. Yeah, Matt uh, doesn't hate grapefruit. it, and so I mean, yeah. is it sweet enough? Yeah. I mean, I like pineapple juice, so... I like pineapple. I like whiskey. I don't know if I like them together, though. It has... I mean, it is a weird combination. <laughs> it is It is weird, but it's not bad. It's like, it's a f- f- fruity, but also has, like, the dark liquor flavor. hair on your chest. The, yeah, the brown liquor flavor <laughs> in it. So it's... 
And see the pineapple and the the whiskey together, it's giving me like this I don't know, notes or smells or something of when I mix uh, pineapple juice with tequila. Mm. So I think that's the issue that I'm having with it the most is the combination of those two is fucking with my taste buds. But I'll take small sips here and there. I'm not going to get through this whole thing. I already know that much. It's not bad. It's waking me up. It's It's not not the worst thing that we've drank. It's not a bowl shot. But something that would happen... (laughs) But something that would happen the same time as Best of the Super Juniors, uh, the same week, in fact, the Cable Guy. Cable Guy would come to theaters. Cable Guy. I don't know about you guys, but we all know that Jim Carrey had an insane 1994, mm-hmm. where every time he made, you know, The Mask Dumb and Dumber or Ace Ventura, The Mask and Dumb and Dumber, and each in the same year. And basically, his paycheck for each movie like doubled after each one came out, and they all just fucking murdered. And then his '95 was Batman Forever, where he's obviously not the star, but is when Nature Calls come out that year. And then Nature Nature Calls, and then uh, so he had this run, and then the Cable Guy comes out, and the Cable Guy is a directed by Ben Stiller, and it is a uh, dark comedy where yes. those other movies are not dark comedies they are broad comedies stupid comedies and then the other one's a batman movie yes a joel schumacher batman movie so you can call it whatever you want really but i was a huge jim carrey fan uh, as a child and i remember renting the cable guy on tape and watching it and being like this is terrible because i just see <laughs> why i was too young and yeah. uh, then years later being like damn i'm dumb as hell Cable Guy rules. Yep. And I think a lot of people felt that way, but probably because the audience was younger people. Yeah. Like, my parents don't like Jim Carrey. They think he's an obnoxious shithead because that's not that was not the audience. Yes. Like, a guy talking out of his butt was not <laughs> funny to my parents who were born in, like, the 50s. No, but, you know, you take that same guy, put him in a dark comedy, send him to medieval times, have mm-hmm. him... Peel chicken skin off of a roasted bird and put it on his face and pretend to be Hannibal Lecter, and boom, it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. In hindsight, I love it. And then from there, of course, he goes a little bit more serious with uh, Liar Liar, which is like a little bit more adult. Truman Show, even more so. Man on the Moon. Now he's doing fucking like biopic work, and then you know, so it's like, oh, after Cable Guy, he course corrects for a more broad audience. For the next couple of years. But, I mean, Cable Guy is better than When Nature Calls. Oh, yeah. When it's better than calls, Batman Forever. When Nature Calls, I hated that movie. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I enjoyed it just because I was a kid and I watched a comedy. It's like, oh, if it was f- funny at all, I wasn't uh, super particular as a child. It's like, yeah, if it was a dumb comedy, I probably enjoyed it to various degrees. Guano. Uh-huh. I really love at the end where he gets the... Um, well, I mean, like a glove, but the rhino scene is probably the best thing in that stupid movie. Yeah. And then there's a scene where he gets spears thrown into his thighs. Yeah. And he goes, ah. I hated that part. <laughs> I thought it was great. Because that part played on our blockbuster trailer all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cable Guy, him, Matthew Broderick, directed by Ben Stiller. You've got, like, like Andy Dick has a character in it. Mm-hmm. you got Jack Black, who makes Janine one Garofalo of his first appearances. Yes. Dude, I got a lot of tables. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, as soon as I saw that Matt wrote down the cable guy, I was like, you know what? I should 
fucking run back. <laughs> the cable guy. It's probably 85 minutes. He who hesitates. Masturbates. Cable guy's great. I, I watched that one in the theaters, and then I watched it many, 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 many times during my time working at Blockbuster. It was often a, let's put this in while we close, let's put this in while I open, let's put this in while I do inventory uh, selection, because I'd seen it so many times that it required not actually watching it because I could just reenact it in my head. <laughs> you know what, another thing about Cable Guy that doesn't really work for, you know, somebody that is, like eight or nine is that you don't have any experience with somebody like the cable guy and you get older and you like you know meet somebody that's that fucking awful and obnoxious and like that joke doesn't really work on you when you're fucking 10 but it works on you when you're older and you're like yeah that is an exaggerated version of somebody that i fucking hate or a combination of people that i really don't want to be around but i can't just like you know, it's like I can't just like hit him. It's like it's just a, fr- a friend of a friend or the guy you buy weed from. Like that's the cable guy, and he fucking sucks. And that joke doesn't really work for a ten-year-old. Matt, how do you feel about the cable guy? I haven't watched it in so long that like my opinion is very much like what yours was. Yeah. When you first watched it, mm-hmm. like I remember seeing it, it was just like this isn't working. This isn't the Jim Carrey that I want. Yeah. So. I literally just added it to my watch list because I was like, I gotta hey, give this I haven't time. watched this in forever, and like I need to give it a second chance because, I mean, I thought there were parts of it that were very good, but it it is a dark comedy. Yeah, and, and that, like a, most ten year olds. I mean, I'm not smart now, but uh, as a ten year old, uh, I definitely was not going to a dark comedy wasn't going to work on me. <laughs> right, <laughs> like it just wasn't going to happen. So, you know, everybody, uh, if you have ill feelings about the cable guy, give it another go. Yeah, you maybe, got, maybe give it another chance. Yeah, you got 90 minutes. Stop watching whatever television show that's probably bad and throw on the cable guy. If you don't like it, it'll be over in 90 minutes. And, and you can go back to watching the yeah, cable. Yeah, it's not going to be. The, yeah, the, or you the, can do like they did. Well, no, I don't want to spoil the ending. <laughs> hey, don't spoil the ending. Matt hasn't seen it. Uh, pick, up, pick up a book. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Kyle Gass does in the movie. Is Kyle Gass in the movie? Yeah. Everybody's in this damn His movie. Cable goes out and he picks up a book. Owen Wilson's in the movie. Bob Odenkirk. There's lots of good people in the yeah. movie. Yep. I mean, Ben Stiller, you know, from the state and doing sketch comedy I mean, and stuff. You do know who wrote the movie, right? I know Ben Stiller directed it. Was Judd Apatow involved? Correct. Ah, well, he went on to do Apatow things that wanted, are boring. Apatow wanted to... Uh, oh, wanted Leslie to, Mann's in it too? Yeah. I like Leslie Mann. Judd wanted to direct it, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't let him. He, he didn't have the cred enough. yet. He didn't have the cred yet. Yeah. Well, if he directed it, it would be two and a half hours long. So I'm glad Ben Stiller right. made it because Judd Apatow should okay. chill and learn how to edit. We may have had a young Seth Rogen show up then. <laughs> oh, he would have been like seven. <laughs> We've been like the same age as me, probably at the time. Well, let's talk some Japanese wrestling. Let's do it. And we go straight to our first match. We only got two of them. It's all we could find. Yeah. Hold on unfortunately. tight, Unfortunately. Which is a true shame, but it is what it is. So that first match is Black Tiger versus Shinjiro Otani in a B-block match. And this match occurred on June 5th, with Eddie being undefeated at the time. Eddie being Black Tiger. While Shinjiro was 3-1, and one, needing a win to stay in contention. 
And the two men have a feeling out process to start. Yep, I love Otani just backs up, looks to the crowd, and gets his cheers. Because, I mean, you know, he's the face here. And they start working arm locks, an Indian death lock, and headlocks. They continue to mat wrestle when Black Tiger would stomp on Otani's head before drop-kicking the knee, sending Shinjiro to the apron to recover, only for Eddie to hit a slingshot elbow drop across the knee as well. Black Tiger keeps up the punishment on the floor, tossing Otani into a guardrail, body slams Shinjiro before grabbing a chair to smash across his knee as well. Quick work of that. Quick work of that knee. I love the pinpoint drop kick to a knee anytime. Back in the ring, Eddie with a fallaway slam and then goes back to work on the knee with a leg lock, with Otani finally making the ropes to break the hold. Black Tiger delivers a power bomb before nailing a slingshot senton and locking on a figure four. And Shinjiro slowly crawls his way to the ropes to force a break. Followed by the two men starting to run the ropes, where Eddie gets caught with a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker, only to come right back with another drop kick to the knee. Black Tiger drags Otani to the corner and smashes the leg against the ring post multiple times. Post it. Before crotching him on the post as well. Ding! That's the new sound effect for when somebody gets crotched on the post. Eddie with several chair shots onto the knee before returning to the ring, where Shinjiro fires up with spinning heel kicks and a back suplex. When he, when Black Tiger, pronouns pal, uh, takes those chair shots to Otani's knee, there's a lady in the crowd that just like scream bloody, screams bloody murder. Yeah, and I'm like, hell yeah, I love it. People say a Japanese crowd is quiet. It's like, no, they, they, they actually care. It's not just a game where you, where you're like, oh, this is the chant we do now. You know, they're invested. It means something to them. Otani's yelling at the crowd and goes before going for a dragon suplex, only for Black Tiger to roll through for another leg lock until Shinjiro rolls to the apron. Back to his feet, Otani ducks a clothesline and goes for the dragon suplex again, but Eddie is able to hook his legs around the ropes to force a break. Only when he lets go, he walks right back in to a dragon suplex. Ah, what a great moment. Shinjiro then hits a bridging German for a two count, then struggles his way to the top rope, allowing Black Tiger to just move out of the way when Otani comes off with a missile dropkick. Eddie capitalizes with a splash mountain bomb for a near fall, takes Shinjiro to the corner for chops before whipping him across the ring where Otani flare flops onto the apron, causing Black Tiger to charge into the turnbuckle. Shinjiro then goes for a springboard spinning wheel kick, but again, Eddie avoids and locks him up in a figure four. Pick that leg. Otani crawls his way to the ropes again, so Black Tiger hits a brain buster. Perfect fucking brain buster. It's not a suplex. He lifts him up and drops him on his head. So many times somebody will do a suplex and they call it a brain buster because that guy does a brain buster like that or used to do a brain buster i'm looking at you one of my favorites but tomohiro ishii's brain buster is essentially a suplex this is a fucking brain buster if i've ever fucking seen one tiger then heads up top coming off with a frog splash for the pin and no shinjiro kicks out 
Eddie then goes for a tornado DDT, only for Otani to just shove him off to the mat. Then Shinjaro charges at Black Tiger in the corner, but he's backdropped out to the apron before Eddie begins to drag him to the top turnbuckle, only to be shoved off again. Otani then nails a springboard dropkick and hits a bridging butterfly suplex for the pin and the win. He finally hit the dropkick, and it, and it uh, you know, butte. turned it all turned it all in his favor. Loved, loved uh, face Otani working from underneath the whole time. Post match, the crowd is going crazy with Shinjiro grabbing the mic to yell something at them in Japanese. Yes, but he grabs the mic. Some says like one sentence, and then just like launches the mic out of the ring. It's a really great uh, moment to cap. A pretty incredible fucking match. I mean this. Is the shit that I wait for each and every year? Each and all, just all the time. I'm just always waiting for something this good. We then go to our second match: Black Tiger versus Jushin Thunder Liger in the finals of the Best of the Super Junior Tournament. Three. So in the semifinals, Eddie had defeated Wild Pegasus, while Jushin had defeated El Samurai, and. Both Black Tiger and Liger had come out of the B-Block, with Eddie having won their matchup on night one of the tournament. Hmm. So just a little yeah, bit of history of the yeah, tournament. Yeah, for sure. There. Also, uh, Liger and Samurai are both faces, and Tiger and Pegasus were probably both heels. Kind of interesting for, you know, the finals to be, the semifinals to be set up that way. Which also is great because it ensures... A heel versus face match. Yeah. So Jushin reaches out for a handshake, but Eddie just walks away. And then the two men start off with some mat wrestling, working different holds, arm locks with athletic escapes, until Black Tiger has a Campbell clutch applied, with Liger escaping out the back door, sending Eddie stumbling out to the floor. And Jushin looks to fly, only for Black Tiger to jump back in the ring to stop that opportunity. The two then go into a test of strength. Yeah. The Eddie escapes by hitting a head scissors that sends Liger out to the floor to regroup. Back in the ring, Black Tiger goes after Jushin's leg with a dropkick, rams it across the apron, followed by a slingshot elbow right onto the knee as well. Don't call it a callback. I mean, you can call it a callback. (laughs) Before applying a figure four back in the middle of the ring. Liger grabs an ankle lock to turn some of the pain onto Eddie before rolling the figure four over towards the ropes to force a break. Jushin then locks on a Romero special, complete with Dragon Sleeper to work the back of Black Tiger before going to a camel clutch. Liger continues with a Tilt-A-Whirl backbreaker for a two count and more holds to wear down the back of Eddie before transitioning into a cross arm breaker. But Black Tiger escapes to hit a leg lariat. He continues, Eddie continues with a power bomb and a slingshot senton before going back to the leg momentarily, only for Jushin to transition into a head scissors and a Fujiwara armbar. But Black Tiger makes the ropes. Liger then charges into a corner with a kapu kick. He goes for a whip, which is reversed, but he backdrops the charging Eddie out to the apron where Jushin delivers a palm strike to send Black Tiger crashing 
out to the floor. Liger then leaps off the top rope with the plancha to take Eddie down to the concrete. I know it was hard. I had to rewind that a few times because the camera is like basically just shooting the post. And like the way that it looked, I was like, wait, did Eddie like grab a chair and hit him or something? And I like had to rewind it a few times because it all just looks like a, like a leg or an arm because, uh, you know, New Japan normally has more exciting camera work than a lot of other wrestling. This is one of their small, small fumbles. Back in the ring, Jushin hits a jackknife powerbomb for a near fall. Brainbuster for a two count. Then tries for a Liger bomb. Only for Black Tiger to flip over. Followed by backdropping the charging Jushin out to the floor. Eddie then goes for a slingshot plancha. But Liger moves and takes advantage by whipping Black Tiger. But it's reversed. Sending Jushin into the guardrail. And Eddie body slams Liger on the concrete and climbs to the top turnbuckle to leap off with a plancha. Now back in the ring, Black Tiger heads up top again, only for Jushin to meet him there, but he's shoved off by Eddie, who then dives off with a splash when Liger gets his knees up. <sighs> Jushin then rolls up Black Tiger in a La Magistrelle for the pin, and no, Eddie kicks out. Liger then hits a Fisherman's Buster, for a two count. And he goes for a hip toss, only for Eddie to counter into a wheelbarrow roll for a near fall. I mean, it looks wonderful. Black Tiger ducks a clothesline, but he's knocked down with a Shote palm strike for a two count. Jushin keeps up the attack with a release German and a Liger bomb for a near fall. That release German is crazy. It's like he legitimately... Uh... Just like yeets him, he just like he it's it's not it's like an early release German. He just grabs him and just like just tosses him over his shoulder. It looks when you get there, yeah, it looks brutal. He doesn't help him on the way down in any way at all. It's like all right, you know, you're just gonna have to take this one for the team, brother. Jushin goes for a tornado DDT, only for Eddie to block and deliver some knees to the gut, followed by a brainbuster, but he doesn't make a cover. Black Tiger then delivers a Splash Mountain Bomb for a two count, then takes Liger to the top rope, coming off with a superplex, but Jushin counters mid-air to land on top, making the cover for the pin, and no, Eddie kicks out again. Pretty beautiful little like crossbody, uh, you know, reversal there. Liger heads up top, leaping off with knees onto Black Tiger's arm before locking on a cross arm breaker. But Eddie gets a boot on the ropes to break the hold. Jushin then places Black Tiger on the top rope, but before he can climb up as well, Eddie has kicked him off. Liger then charges at Black Tiger, catching him to place Jushin on the top rope. Climbing up for a super brain buster. For the pin! And And the win. win! And Black Tiger is your best of the Super Junior Champion. That spot, like, right before the end, where Black Tiger is pulling himself up by the ropes, and Liger just comes off the top and does, like, a just straight down with both of his knees onto his arm, might be my favorite and the smartest, most simplest spot. It's just so <laughs> smart. Just like, yeah, I'm just going to... I'm already here. His arm's right there. I'm just going to drop my knees onto his arm it's just seems so 
like like you didn't even think about it. It's like that's just the thing that I need to do right now. It doesn't seem like a plan. It seems like the thing you would do in a fight if you know wrestling was not predetermined. And that spot really spoke to me in a bizarre way. So Eddie would go on to lose to Great Sasaki in a match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship the next week. And this would be Black Tigers as Eddie Guerrero, his last real run in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Aww. Yeah, this is kind of before he's like, all right, well, now I'm going to go party in WCW for an extended He basically time. does, like, one more match, like, the next year. He, he comes back for one match. And then in, like, 2002, when he was not in WWE, because he got fired. fired times. Yeah. He went back for, like, one tour, basically. Yeah. So we might see him again in New Japan. If he's on the but show. Possibly yeah. not as Black Tiger. But, or yeah. will he be Black Tiger? He probably won't be Black Tiger. Okay. I mean, Hell Verona is Black Tiger, obviously. Of course, with Liger, you always assume that Liger was willing to lose in the big spot, and that's fine. That's one of the many reasons that we all love him. But he doesn't pick... He typically doesn't pick uh, the wrong person to go over him. No. So I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Best of the Super Juniors? I mean, these two matches are incredible. The real question is, which match did you enjoy more? Because we only got to watch two of them. I have my answer, even though I think both matches are pretty fucking incredible. But the one that kind of got me, you know, that I was most excited about otani otani i like the otani match more too yeah i think the the arm work really sets it apart in the otani match because i i think i actually was watching the match and i literally said to myself if this was done in a wwe ring people would start booing Mm -hmm. because they just don't get what's going on. It's happened in matches we've watched, even in uh, WCW or in uh, WWF. But like, like Conan, Conan and Eddie. Yeah, Conan. Like literally yeah. just a couple of shows ago. Yeah. yeah, like everybody was bored, and I was like, "Well, this is like the best match on the show. What are you guys talking about?" And over here in Japan, it's like, "Well, that's just because this is what your audience has been taught. This is like what they what they know and what they know and what to look for, and it's just like a." difference in style and um like more exciting to see that kind of match in front of a crowd that understands and enjoys that kind of match like that lady screamed bloody murder at those two chair shots because they'd already worked that fucking leg so then when they used the chair on the leg it meant something and she cared because good wrestling should do that to you not necessarily scream bloody murder, but the, that chair shot should mean something. It shouldn't just be a chair shot. But the Otani match, I mean, I think we just kind of love Otani. Oh, yeah. Otani, great to watch. <laughs> He's so fun. Yeah. And uh, Black Tiger, him working from underneath was awesome. I really, like, I legitimately wasn't ready for him to make the pin. So that was exciting that he pulled it out at the end. That match was more. Just yeah, just more exciting. Highs were higher, and I feel like the heel face work was a little more defined. 
in a in a which added to its excitement. Yeah, I think as we always say, if you can watch Japanese wrestling, you should watch <laughs> Japanese, Japanese wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, I mean, every time we get these short little glimpses into New Japan, I just I want more. So it's like we're not even going to smark it up on this episode because. Two matches. two matches. Yeah. yeah, we highly suggest watching both hey, of them. Best moments, whole show. That's disappointing. <laughs> Didn't get to see more of the show. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like literally, that's all we always say. Basically, when we yeah, I really wish that we got matches. like maybe like four to six matches from this tournament. But uh, come on, I TV ma- Asahi, let us have the whole thing. I know, but I mean, these two matches were well worth covering. Absolutely. Yep. And thankfully, I was able to find. More than just the because the final is technically the only match that's on New Japan World. Mm-hmm. I had to do some digging out there in the internet to Maybe find that's the why other. We like the Otani match even more because <laughs> he had to seek harder. <laughs> he had to work harder for it. <laughs> it was out there in the deep dark regions of the internet. So. Yeah, but like Otani and Hase have been two revelations in uh, doing this show. Where I'm like, every time these guys show up, I love them. A little more each time and they're just there's just something about them they're they're scrappy and full of heart and obviously very talented not yeah. not scrappy in a uh, like sandman way i mean scrappy is like they're, yeah Excuse they're gonna me. leave it all out on the fucking floor or the mat not the floor that's for ecw <laughs> making their way to the ring it's trivia time so this week, the category is pay-per-view. We're back, and it's time to play the feud. Let's have it. Pay-per-feud. Can you imagine if you had to pay-per-feud? Oh, shit. I probably wouldn't watch wrestling at all. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be broke. So I will list the matches from a show. You name the show. Five points if you get it with the first match I give. Points and points go down with each match given. So our first match is Tex Salinger and Shanghai Pierce versus Cactus Jack and Max Payne. I might have a date and a, and a promotion, but I don't have a show yet. Yeah, I definitely have the promotion. <laughs> yeah, I definitely no have show. the promotion. I might have a, I might have one of the two dates. As in, like, the year, not the actual date. Next, <laughs> next go, go right ahead, brother. <laughs> next match is Stunning Steve Austin with Colonel Robert Parker versus The Natural Dustin Rhodes in a two-out-of-three falls match for the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, I don't know. You can keep going. I have, I have an idea of what show it's not. Three points for... Correct answer now. The Boss versus Ravishing Rick Rude for the WCW International World Heavyweight Championship. No idea. I guess just give, it, give me one more and then I'm going to just guess. <laughs> All right. For two points, Sting and Road Warrior Hawk versus the Nasty Boys of Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags with Missy Hyatt. For the WCW Tag Team Championships. I'm just going to go with a Starcade 93. 
It's not uncensored. That is correct. Yes. Nice. Shit. I knew. I, I was like Slamboree. I was like, that's gonna be some legend shit. You didn't give any stipul- uh, stipulations, so it's not uncensored. Halloween Havoc would probably be something goofier. Yeah, and all I can think of was... That's the Missy Hyatt match that fucking she got. Clash of Champions was this. That she <laughs> yeah, flashed, yeah. She flashed the crowd. Ah, okay. Uh, I didn't even think about Clash of the Champions. But... And the main event of Starcade 93 was Vader with Harley Race versus the Nature Boy Ric Flair for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. What a pretty nice sounding show. On paper, too bad. on paper, it sounds pretty good. We watched it. I'm sure we were like, hey, it was fine. It sounds like it was passable. Sounds better than... Uh, it had Austin some, and Dustin. It, it sounds better good. than a lot of WCW we've been having to sit through yeah, recently. Any show with Austin and Dustin, when you get two out of three falls, I think that's probably the match of the night. <laughs> Next week, Great American Bash, 96. Gab, gab, gab. Going to gab. Baltimore. Oh. Ba- Baltimore? Maryland. Yep. All right. Music from this week's show is The Score by Emerson, Lake, and Powell. And Black Tiger won our main event, so we play his theme music, Black Tiger oh. by Bill Rene. You're not Jim, whatever your name is, Johnson. Jim Johnston. No, not Jim Johnston. Yeah. Good. It's new music. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not yet. Yeah, it's not WWF. <laughs> so, who knows what the, this song? They just probably Google. Or not. They didn't obviously Google. They couldn't have Googled. Yeah. Maybe they did, and they just hadn't let anybody else know about Google yet. They used Alta Vista. AOL. <laughs> oh wait, no, they're not in America. <laughs> they got AOL everywhere, right? <laughs> I'd hope so. As many discs as they sent out. <laughs> if you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcast at. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you live in Maryland and you think I should make something specific to Maryland, let me know. If you've never seen Black Tiger, Jushin Thunder Liger, or Mr. Otani wrestle, get off your ass. Well, or stay on your ass and just look it up. Yeah. Get comfortable and watch, you know, 40 minutes of wrestling. But, you know, help me, because food and drinks are getting difficult. I've I've had two kind of fails in the last three shows, so it's time to turn it back around. Yeah, I'm too afraid to eat a soft-shell crab sandwich in Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sure there's other things from from Baltimore. But you can do those things on our email at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. Laters.